everybody. Kill your ass. The pretzels are cooking. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would sucks too. These pretzels. I thought he was gonna do these pretzels are making me thirsty. I mean, that would have made more sense. This is the Broad Street Breakdown, episode number thirty-two. Live and direct from the Macaroni Mansion. OG just uh, hipped me to the fact that Pablo was doing impersonations of me doing a mic check where I wasn't here. It was awesome. I mean, it follows up for me doing the um, the rap from last week, too. I mean, we're almost like twins. I could probably fill in for you. If you what want rap to did to you do last week? The Void video with you and Eamon. Oh. I was going to sing his verse this week, but... Since me, me and him are doing the collabo, I'm going to save it for the rap for the album. Collabo. <laughs> Did you see he put the pick That's up? That's what you should call the band. I saw you yeah. looking for a name. Collabo. Collabo. I dig it. I dig it. Collab dash bro. Bro. That's just tight. Yeah, underscore. No underscore. Collab underscore bros. <laughs> hate the underscore. Yes, yes. Episode 32. Filomino. Uh, what's, what's the other, uh, Laura Mercy? Laura Mercy and Philomena. Yeah. Tara McFoyle. Cousins. <laughs> They're bad together. They're a bad mix. I mean. It's trouble. You, yeah, it's like Bonnie and Clyde scenario. It was high school, man. You know? But is it? Well, for Phil. I mean, what's fucking 15 years later now? Phil's fucking stuck in the vortex, man. Yeah. What's that called when you're like... He's like Uncle uh, Uncle Rico? Yeah. He's trying to be the quarterback? Uh, you're stuck in perpetual... Perpetual uh, uh, motion? Yeah, yeah. Suspended animation? Yeah, suspend, yeah. Phil is still like 19 and a half. Yep, it's still 1989 for Phil. His rock looks good, though. Hey. Keeps it clean. I mean, it's not his anymore, you know what I mean? He still thinks End of the Road is number one song. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I like that song. Well. So it's Phil. What was your answer to I like that song? Did you just grunt? I said, well. <laughs> Phil likes it too. You don't you're not a fan? I like them. They used to shop a tower all the time. They were cool. I don't give a fuck about what they're singing about. Well, that seems um You didn't make small talk with them when no, they were in I the did. line? I did. Like about what? End of the road. <laughs> Dude, End of the Road. Good yeah. song. When you wrote that line, what did you mean? What were you trying to say? Um, Anything else talked about? No. Are you doodling right now? I am. I'm what, are you do- what are you drawing? I'm going to draw you. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, so the, the sicko, what's the word, man? Ain't got no word. Ain't nothing. Nothing's happening. Got nothing going on. <laughs> I couldn't have less going on if I were dead. Jesus Christ. That's dark. Last week he was editing a book and fucking now he's doing other... I mean, I'm still doing that, he's, but there ain't no... They're, well. pay, they're paying him to go to the Trenton Library and walk around <laughs> fucking teach people how to use a computer. Well, first of all, they ain't paying me. My, they're, they're bringing him in to, to, for the microfiche, yeah. microfiche uh, uh, display. We do have a little... Uh, we, we got uh, a new person in Freddie's book... Uh, Someone I think you know, Sasha Sasha Jenkins. Yeah, man. So he wrote, uh, did a nice little interview with Freddie, basically covering, giving an overview of the history of graffiti art. 
Indeed. So Sasha's a cool. smart brother, man. Yeah, so it's, it's moving along. I, we got the uh, the basic uh, layout and design, what it's going to look like. Looks good. Nice. Happy with it. So we'll see. We're moving along. Nice. That's all I got. The po- the professor, the pop producer, Pablo, the talent. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> if that's what you want to. I mean, that's the tattoo I'm getting right across the chest. <laughs> The t- talent right across my. Right where that's pop- why I've been getting this shit all tight. Where po- oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, man, you look like a fucking, fucking molded piece of pizza dough at, before it's a before it's laid out. He's got like a windsock body. I got a five pack. I'm, once I get to six, that's when the talent's getting tattooed across. He lo- his body shaped like when you're taking the the clothes out of the washer and putting them into the dryer, and a, and a, and a wet sock falls. He's shaped like when you microwave a bagel too long and it just fucking melts in, in on itself. Why are you microwaving uh, who bagels? Who does that? When, when you make a little sandwich deal. Yeah, you don't know. You cut the gimmick and you put it in the toaster. toaster. That takes three minutes. Sicko. Toaster. You're talking like. Yeah, who can afford a toaster, well, uh, man? What fucking Rockefeller over here with a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> This. He's a jerk off. Oh, I hit what, what were you saying? So you're gonna get talent where Pac had Ta- Doug like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talent. The talent or talent? I might do the above the belly button and then talent across the bottom. Oh. Yeah. I only hit power thirty. Are you sad <laughs> in or stupid sicko? Both. <laughs> I like how this uh how you become one deity, super Stupid sicko, sad Ian. <laughs> Not super. Super. I, 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 super I figured that you know. Super. Pump stupid. it up a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. had to. I had to beef it up, hey yo. I don't like things too hot or too cold. Power thirty. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You like them just right, like the porridge, like the bears. Lukewarm. Like your personality? An insufferable jerk off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stupid Sigo left. Nice. So you're getting the talent <laughs> tattooed. Yeah. I'm not mad at that gimmick. The talent. It's fucking Hivey. It's like Iverson, the answer. It's hard. Oh, it's the something. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> But mockery? I might uh, the yeah. It's the mockery. But if it hurts, I might just do like the, t- the do like one letter at a time. So it'd be like the tail. <laughs> like it depends on how much it hurts. I, Jeff said it hurts a lot, so I might do the tail one week. But that's and me. then ant the next week. <laughs> All right. I mean, they might think you're Taliban, and that's like your your street name. You know what yeah. I mean? Or they might call me the tail. Yeah. That's what they call me in high school because I used to play little games little in the locker room, you know what I'm saying? Jesus. Not horseplay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're talking about locker room horseplay? Are you play? talking about locker room horseplay and acts, and acts of buggery? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you telling me you dealt with munging in, what, high, in the uh, high school locker room? That's what boys did, you know? <laughs> You know what boys like. You yeah, know what yeah. guys want. He did go to Catholic school. It's a coming of age movie. That's true. Uh, OG, what's I the word, end man? Up there. I don't know. It's a dark place, man. His mind uh, is a dark place. What's the word, Baba? I'm all distracted now. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, Jeff, you know, you know, we play a little grab ass time to time. 
He's snapping motherfuckers with towels. Acts <laughs> of buggery. Yeah. Grab ass. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You never played grab ass? I can't say that I oh, have. Man, you're missing out. <laughs> Not Hello? only has he played it, but he feels you're missing out. <laughs> Hello, varsity football team. I'm waiting. <laughs> snap, snap. <laughs> Fuck. He was waiting for Ogre to give him a little... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I got I have a man of the people story. Do well, you? People have been waiting for that, man. They, as the man of the people, the people need to be fed. We haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, you yeah. haven't done shit for the people in like two I months. Haven't. I, I know. It's, I, I know you've been out out and about because of your fucking your face problem. <laughs> <laughs> the CPAP uh, in the show. Well, I'll let you slide. You had medical conditions. Well, but. <laughs> He's the people, to have a face the people yeah. need you, man. The people need you. Yeah, I turned on the people. You for did. A while. You did. But I'm back. Well, you know, even Superman had to recoup in his fortress of solitude. Yeah, he now did. And then, you know, sometimes you got to recharge. His house of ice. Yeah, I need a fortress of solitude. You do. We all do. Where can we get those? I think they can be made, but they won't have DVRs or... Nah, you can get that shit put in nowadays. Home Depot? You just need the no. crystal to throw in the snow to make the fucking palace. It'll be too cold for the electricity, and then it'll start a fire and we'll die. You need the Legion of Doom is what you need. The one where they were in the swamp? What was that one? Too humid in a swamp. But when you go underground, you're away from fucking everybody. But well. you, you and alligators, that's it. <laughs> Alligator. Is that like They'll a chop on anyone that tries to get near your Al near you? E Gator. I think it's a stripper in fucking <laughs> in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Can somebody make a Twitter account for Allie Gators? A L L Y G A T O R Z. Yeah. Well, I was thinking She's Al, a like A L. No, Ali. No, Ali. Well, she with him, you never know. Definitely a stripper. Where is she from? Baton Rouge. Al could be a stripper. That's true. Well, look. I mean, he's the one talking about ass grabbing. I'm not going. I'm not going down that. I mean, right now way. I see two alley gator. I see gator and gato. Gato, look, gator. She's hot. <laughs> what the fuck is he on about? He's on Twitter. You're saying Twitter. you're you're telling people to make the account. It's already made. A l l y g a t o r z. O r z. Oh, you hip topped it up. No, I didn't. Bad, I stripped it up. I just typed in Allie Hater on accident. Hold on, wait. She's from here. She's from Baton Rouge. She's got one kid. Yeah. She had a, you know, one titty bigger than the other. Uh, at least more than one. A, she lived in a motel room until six months ago. Yeah. All right. Doing all right. Yeah. There ain't one, there ain't one with that with the Z at the end. That's, I mean, that's gimmick gang shit right there. So. Make sure she looks a little rough around the edges. <laughs> Like she had a rough paper yeah. route. Rode hard to put away wet. Jesus. Jesus. Man. Fuck. What the fuck? It's so fucking dark, man. You guys are getting fuck fucking it. dirty. Oh. This is like the fucking blue lounge. Or you something. guys, you're fucking setting it off. The blue lounge. Folded. What did he say? I don't know, man. That's an old no. expression. It's That's, not sexy. Say it again. That's terrible. Rode hard and put away wet. I mean, that's sexual if you, if you ask me. I mean, that's how you hear it. It's like old, what old timers say. Listen. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sadie. I can, I can confirm that. Sorry. I, I know I should respect the eldest. It's from a Bukowski book. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. 
You're right, Sadie, and that's from that's from Factotum. <laughs> Read that in high school. <laughs> Changed my life. Well, listen. No one understands me but him. <laughs> and this tree I'm sitting under. <laughs> so I take that. I'm going to take. <laughs> And speaking of segues, I'm, I'm taking the kid, uh, picking the kids up from school. Okay. So up at school they have, um, okay. So picture this: on the side of the school, there's a block. It, it's a block long. Okay. <clears throat> there's an uh, there's a row on the side of the street where you can park your car. In the center of this, they have it blocked off for two school buses. So it's two length of school bus blocked off in the center in front of and behind that parents can park to pick up their kids okay i park at in the furthest spot uh okay when you turn the corner i'm at the first spot so there's room in front of me for uh, a bus to park okay and uh the section for the buses is in front of that okay Fills up with parents in front of me, and so about ten minutes into waiting, so you have to get up there early. They get out at three o'clock, so you have to. I have to leave here at about two in order to get one of these prime spots, or else. Two. Yeah, or else you're driving around like a jerk off. What a bloodbath. Well, I've been doing it at the school for twelve years, yeah. so I know all the fucking nuances. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there. Uh, it's about. Two thirty-five at this point. Usually the buses are there at this point. But what are you doing in the car while you're waiting? Plays on a text phone. you. Okay. Or I don't know. Fucking listen to shitty Pandora. All right. I'm real into the sticks radio. I know right you are, now. man. I know you are. You're my lady. Another one wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> at least he didn't come say a But I mark for Dennis DeYoung. Coming up next. I'm marking for everything on this channel. All right. What comes up on the channel? Everything. There was two songs and that's it. Don't repeat. Everything How dare you? Everything that you could possibly imagine that's awful. I like that. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah. I say thank you. OG, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Don't worry, God. Don't That was the song, Mr. Roboto. That's that brought him on the SDN. See, I, got Sean. I don't know what you, you were saying. You gotta tell Mealy. I told Mealy this motherfucker's tone deaf, and she was like, "Word." I'm like, "All right." And now her girl Sean saw it because wow. she doesn't believe any of us because we're derelicts. But you tell her she'll believe it. Wow. All right, proceed, OG. I'm with you. This when I say I'm with you, I mean, I'm, I'm with, with you. you. Bus gets there a little late and and has to pull up behind me. Fuck. So because I'm in the uh, a school bus, school bus. So because I'm in that first spot, he is now in a section where you can't even temporarily park. Okay. Okay. It is 235-ish. I have the bi- The big school buses. Yes. Like OG Jones from when we was young. Yes. Yellow big school bus. Yes. All right. Because I know there's like smaller ones. Yeah, no, nah, nah, nah. This is a legit. All right. Um, legit deal. Yeah. I have 25 minutes to kill, so I'm going to go to the store around the corner. Uh, oh, so you can park, meaning like leave the car there. Well, <laughs> I can do that because because you got clout with the people. I'm down with the parking. You've been working for this promoter for yeah, twelve exactly. years. I have a little bit of say in the angles and whatnot. You've given each other the rub. <clears throat> hey yo, exactly. 
Come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. Yeah, a whole chorus sounds good, but I'm solo. I mean, try doing solo, see how it sounds. Yeah. yeah That's what the problem is. Signal and I practice these. Yeah. <laughs> so you left your car. I get out of the car to go walk to the store around the corner to buy a coffee cake. Drake's? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say yes. that. Yeah, I don't know. It's Entman's, which it, these coffee cakes are Ent- fucking spectacular. Entelman's, as my stepfather, rest <laughs> yeah. in peace, called them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vin, come me the Entelman's. <laughs> All right, Rock. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> they have a they have a case at the end of the aisle. Called the Platte Bridge, the Pratt. Oh, that's yeah. The best. Lived in South Philly for five thousand years. God bless him. <laughs> Get a coffee cake. I go to get a coffee cake. I like a nice coffee cake. I'm marked for the coffee cake. Delicious. The, the Entenmann's ones are fucking spectacular. Entenmann's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shut my door, and I walk across, and the bus driver guy says to me, you know you're going to get a ticket. I'm like, oh, I ain't getting no fucking ticket. Right. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm sure. picking up my kids. Sure. You, you get a ticket. <laughs> I'm not gonna get a fucking ticket. I'm 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 not leaving it here. I'm getting my kids. Are you using F with him? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> it's whatever. How old is this gentleman? My age. Okay. Maybe, I'd say between thirty-five and forty-five. Okay. Can't tell these days. Not at all. No. Right. I said, "Oh, it's whatever." I said, "Oh, it's whatever." Unless it's not whatever. <laughs> so if it's not fucking whatever, let me know. Okay. Whatever. And he's because, starts fucking around yeah, on his phone. So okay. I was like, okay, I guess it's done. Right, okay. right. Go to the fucking store, get my coffee cake, come back, look at him, sit in the car, eat my coffee cake. How <laughs> was it? Fucking phenomenal. Did you have a coffee? Was it something? No. A water? Yeah. Keld? Yeah. Water okay. cake? Half froze. <laughs> Two coffee cakes I got. You know what I could go for right now? A keld water and two coffee kecks. I agree. <laughs> like right now. I need a little something after them pretzels. Me too. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. So. You're enjoying your coffee keck. I start to think like, maybe, maybe this dude was, maybe I took this wrong. Maybe this guy was saying, yo, man. You know you're gonna get a ticket, right? Like, like he was you giving leave. you a good look. I don't think he was, but that's. I, I so said to myself, I said to myself, this is the way I'm gonna think, because of what we've all been talking Cause, about. Because you're PMA, Jeff. Yeah, we I'm both gonna, are. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm gonna. We're a squad. Hello. I'm gonna What's talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna change this whole scenario. Are you doing a Charlie to him, flipping it and making him feel like he thought of it? No. Okay, because I like that too. No, I I I decided that I wasn't going to make a fucking deal about this, and I was going to turn it around into a positive experience. Okay. Good for you. What do you think of that? Well, I'd like to ask a question. Do you think the coffee cake was so good? Yeah, it helped. Did I, it helped. Well, here's mood. the thing: because of the sleep fucking gimmick, I slept like very little the night before. Went home, took a nap, woke up, had to go get the kids. Hadn't eaten anything for like seven. So days you're already fucking sparked up. So I eat the coffee cake, and now I'm fucking all right. Now, now you're elated. You're right. Thank you. I think I had a Gatorade too. It replaced my. Uh, Electrolytes. Thank you. So you're full of electrolytes and you just had a Drex coffee kick. Entelman's. 
or Animals. <laughs> I get out of the car. Right. Clothes are on, right? <laughs> get out of the car, walk up to the window, and I say, my man, I apologize to you for the way I, I came off to you. Maybe I took it the wrong way. No heat. I apologize. All good. Dude says, you know what? I apologize too. My name is blah, blah, blah. Shook hands. Talk for five minutes. Best dude ever. See? Changing the world. One, One person, person at a time. time. See how that happens? Does. Chain reaction, pal. Yep. Now Man. maybe he went home and was nice to somebody on his way. That's what I'm saying. Nice We're trying to this pay forward on Broad Street Breakdown. This is what I'm saying. That's Whereas it? A few years ago, <laughs> a few years ago, I would have got out of the car and been like, okay, I'm waiting. What the fuck are we doing? You would have smashed like, I ate my, I ate my coffee cake. Now what are we fucking doing? Yeah. You see that empty coffee cake? That means it's fucking about to be... <laughs> and the other I'm one, set it. I'm saving that for after I whoop your ass. So, so nothing bad happened. It was a good. No, it was nah, a good thing. That's the story that's sucks. the man of the people story. You fucking. <laughs> no, the man of the people story is you get you no. made justice and you get it. No, man. And he means necessary. No, no. He showed I, there's I, other ways to yeah, to rise. Fucking, He's I got teaching nothing, the people. I got nothing to prove to this dude. I can't wait till you're jilted and you come back with a vengeance like every superhero movie. <laughs> Jilted. I kinda like that. <laughs> well, he, I think he I used mean, it correctly. His wording was ridiculous, but. <laughs> I almost did last Saturday night because you got mad about the guy with the fucking car. Hey, man. Don't was, hit my minivan. I was backing you. I was like, oh, Pablo's mad? I mean, I could have took him on by myself. <laughs> is, is Pablo's mad? Oh, it's on that. Look. I even got sick of all, all hot and bothered. I know. I'm yeah, the portrait. All worked up. I am now the portrait of uh-huh. docile. Peace and love. <clears throat> so I was... Responding to our property being threatened. Yeah, you're like a dolphin. You like help out the, the, when the people are in the water and the, and the, shark, the sharks you're come. Like the dolphin. And the sharks come and you're like the dolphin. You come up and you protect the humans. That's what you're saying? You're docile like a dolphin? Yes. All right. I was a, like a dolphin. So go write that down, please. <laughs> I like that. OG, too. You're on the other side. Whoosh, whoosh, up and down. Saving the humans He's from the killer whales. He's like two dolphins saving humans from whales. The killer whales. From sharks. Happens all the time on Discovery Channel. We saved your car and you getting your ass kicked last night. That's, that part's definitely true. <laughs> and we almost got a bathrobe out of the deal. The kid in the Ric Flair bathrobe would have fucking... Would have... I don't know what he would have done, but Pablo would have been snoring on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he would have pitched in the figure four. Yeah, he, w- he would have. He would hit me with his two thousand dollar uh, snakeskin shoes. Right. <laughs> his shoes cost more than your house. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm proud of you, OG. Thanks, pal. I, I thought you said it was a bad story, man. I, I, you know, I don't want him to get fucked up by a bus driver, so it it did all well. Here we go. That's gonna happen. It could. Those dudes have like uh, fucking uh, crowbars and shit, and I don't know what they got. <laughs> I know you do. You got Gim and Ix. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get hit with first. <laughs> you got Gim and Ix, and you don't know what you're going to get hit with first. It's true. So, the DOG, how did our conversation come up? What the fuck I, I are we, we talking, talking about? I think we were talking about Neil Young. The 
what is the actual name of the Ohio? It is that. That's actually the name of the song. So I guess we got to talking about the fact, Pablo. If you look it up, Neil Young, Ohio. I don't know how how high it charted. Or I think it's, it might actually be Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. It might be. You're right. I don't think it's solo, Neil. Yeah, Neil. Because that was a couple years later, right? It was. <laughs> um. Anyway, we got to talking about the fact that it was protest music, but that song was monstrous. You know what I mean? Now, could it be the fact that everybody that year was so high on acid and uh, hallucinogens that the melody and the melody, it's uh, go ahead. Peaked at 14 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, I mean, that's high, man. That's high. I, I wonder the last time something that you could even, whether it was overt or a little bit more um, obtuse of a song that was a protest song was charted in the top 200. Um, well, I think, does that have a, a date on it? A year? I, I want to say 69. Uh, 1970. Yeah. I think, I mean, if we're staying within that realm, first of all, that kind of time. Well, we can stay there and then move on and right. go, well, well, then what happened? And then what happened? You well, in mean? that era, in that time, I think it was definitely mo happening more than the decades that came after. Yeah. Like from your mid to late 60s through. Well, that that's kind of the point. What, what, since, what happened? What changed since then that there has been pretty much no what you would call protest music that was in mainstream pop culture. Like a lot of the things you're referencing, in the, and it's a great point, there was a lot of it, but a lot of that was music that you could put in a room full of 20 people and they'd all know it. Right. What Gavin and I started talking about is, the. it's not that it disappeared, but could you put a Biafra record on in a room of 20 people and they'd right. all know it? Right. I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind to me is, hip hop's reaction to the crack epidemic and Chuck D, Brother J, X Clan, those records. But in reality, I forget how Gavin worded it to me. That well, was like were, our world. They were it huge. Wasn't, they were huge was, in what we were involved it in. It was it was still subculture. It was right, still in the big, right, urban the, like like that the the Ohio song you would hear on any major radio right, station. Right. Along with with many other Right. Um, songs of that nature. Countless songs. Yes. Even you, you get into like, uh, like Eve of Destruction. Yep. That I'm pretty sure that was a number one song. Mate, probably that dude's only hit, but that was a that was what pop music was then. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. Um, if you look solely at the music industry. Um, and not even the culture around it, but how the music industry changed. You know, in the 70s, pop music was everything. And we have a, we have a set of DVDs that really kind of illustrates this point from the old Midnight Special. And what they were, you know, it was a late night show that had live performances, and it would be everything that was popular. It's the Midnight Special. Shine a light on me. What it was, like, you would have... Um, James Brown would have a number one song, but then like <laughs> something like like the Eagles would have a number. Yeah, one. I, I already agree before you finish. So as you go into the '80s, shit got way more homogenized. Yeah, uh, especially pop music. And but it, and it became a sound. 
Right. In in the sixties, if you said pop music, it was short for popular. Right. It was this anything is anything that people liked. Now, if if someone you're talking about a record in 2016, and you're just like, oh, it's it's, it's just a super poppy song, and it's an actual sound. You're you know describing I mean? a sound, yeah. exactly. And I mean, you look at the eighties. The eighties were kind of known as a very decadent, superficial, yeah. like not a lot of depth going on. Um, Talk about Duran Duran, great music. Yeah, but you're not getting a lot. No, of, you're like, getting nothing from it. Lyrical diversity. Well, that goes back to again previous episodes where where we came in was these countercultures that were responding to that by doing things super raw. That that era was was some of the rawest punk rock music, mm-hmm. the rawest hardcore music, and the rawest hip hop music for a variety of reasons. Um, location where these kids were coming from it's you had kids from the lower east side making hardcore and punk rock that were broke or homeless uh kids from the south bronx living in the in the projects living in patterson projects or you know whether it's living in brownsville brooklyn or east new york so it was made out of necessity um but what drove that necessity i think it was a reaction to the the, the shit that was happening because whenever you have um, you know, like the boom of, of Reaganomics and shit like that. It's like, all right, now you have crack in the hood. So, again, like, like you were, you made a point to me. You, you were like, yeah, Chuck D was super important, one of the most important voices ever. But he still wasn't being heard by wh- whether not just white America, just wh- white America or middle America, or whatever you want to call it, the majority of the population you're talking about there's 300 million people here now you know i don't know how many people would have been 25 30 years ago so 250 million 200 million they were going gold so that that's a fraction of a it's less than one percent so as much as that music changed our lives the irony of that is rebel music is usually absorbed by people who don't need the changing you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't need, I wasn't like unaware of shit and then heard Nation of Millions. It was like, oh now I'm aware. I was like, oh, it's dope that he's you know what I mean? Same with punk rock. Yeah, Same I guess the, I guess the dice roll there is you hope. And I remember I mentioned one time when I was saying, um, sometimes like when we were talking about that punk rock list from Rolling Stone, all you can hope for is that maybe a kid that bought the Green Day C D was like Oh, well, what's this blast, or or what's this, what's this black flag about? You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm definitely convinced that people who bought MC Hammer cassettes and people who bought Vanilla Ice cassettes, some, I, mean, I can't say all oh, obviously, there were more, but some kids might have went back the next week and grabbed an EPMD tape, and then that led them there. You know what I mean? I'm kind of going off the topic of the of oh, the, oh. but 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 when you look at Pete Seeger. I mean, was Pete Seeger? I don't know if he had anything that ever charted. You know what no. I mean? So that was for those times. I think that was about as underground as it got. Right. Um, I think the last, the last person I can think of that might fit. You gotta really be appointed, don't yeah. you? Well, um, Bob Marley. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I don't think people realize that he was singing protest music. Well, he was. He his smile and his way about him. Uh, I think he had a way about him that people didn't see as 
like confrontational. Confrontational. people were scared of Chuck D. Yeah. Chuck D's. You mentioned the name Farrakhan. You got the S1Ws, yeah. the Fruit of Islam. I think I think Bob. Even to this day, you see the people who like him outside of black folk. It looks like people who go to a fish concert. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's probably how he was able to be. When you ask like who became really mainstream, yeah, he's probably the only one I can think of. It, and even I, that, I honestly I think, wouldn't I, I, have thought of him, and and that's probably the best name. I can't think of anyone better than that. When did Bob die? Nineteen eighty, eighty one, eighty two. Bob Seger's wow. funny. <laughs> that was pretty good. Bob Seger's still alive. That was pretty good. He's fucking doing the night moves. <laughs> Listen, man, that he one turned, dude, he turned the page. Eighty one. That one fucking song is heavy all day long. No that self. one Bob Seger John. No self. I love Bob Seger. But there's one that gets me every fucking time. Like a rock. No, dickhead. <laughs> it's like about. It's like I, I love when this one shoots on stuff because I could, I could, I could name three things right off the top of my head that are way worse than fucking. Uh, yeah, Bob that he Seger. should be embarrassed of right. more than we should be of Bob Seger. But I'm not doing. It's like a love gimmick, like about his his old lady. Bob oh. Seger, don't cry. Right. Yeah, that was it. Bob and Bob Seger. I think. No, the, wait, <laughs> wait, what? I'm sorry. I think that I think the thing with Marley, I think that he got a lot of his success after he died. True. Yeah. I mean, he he did play big shows, but I don't think that he broke through until after he died. Yeah. Um. And even but, then, it's sort of like after he died, it sort of wasn't went back to being an underground thing. Like reggae had a, a, a in the U.S. It had a small, you know, comparatively speaking, a small kind of popularity for a certain era. But after, like, pretty much, like most people knew Bob Marley, and that was it. Here. Here. That's You're that talking about reggae? Yeah. I mean, I still think that. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. In That's 2016, I mean. if, you say that, if you say that word to 100 people, my opinion is that 100 of them are going to say Bob Marley. Mm. Yep. Mm. Marley's one of those people who became like. Uh, I know what you're trying to say, and I try. We try to think of what bigger than. Yeah, like uh, transcendent. Transcendent. Yeah, we. I mean, there's certain there's certain sort of pop icons that did that. Marley's one. Um, Jim Morrison is one. Ugh. Um, yeah, like I'm not a huge fan either, but yeah, he he, he became. Oh, it was a like deal. A yeah. 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 Uh, Sid became one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going you know. going along the, the the mainstream protest music route, something that just came to me, too, is The Clash. Clash got... Clash was the biggest band in the world for a minute. Yeah, for maybe three years, they were the biggest band in the world. Not, and it wasn't... Obviously, it well, wasn't because of the, the stuff they wrote. In the early days, you know, it's kind of. I, I think and stuff. that, yeah. And but rock. can you can, can you say that because they were so gigantic at one time, though, if the shit that got them that big wasn't that stuff, then does it count? You know what I mean? Yeah. See, that's well, they had then, they had Rock the Casbah was on heavy rotation on MTV. It yeah. was the, it was like well, every first, other video. First off, they the only Kasbah. had ten videos, right. so it was that ten times, fifteen, yeah. twenty times. But even a day. before that, I mean, they were doing sold out residencies like fifteen nights in a yeah, row. Yeah, but that that 
place is small. Like I hear what you're saying, but we, again, you're it, you're on our level of big. We're talking. They they weren't cracking fucking the top ten on Billboard. Mom, right? Moms to, weren't singing their right, protest shit. You're right. right, you're right. It's, it's, and it's tough to get out of that mindset for sure. Like stuff that we consider huge, the Clash, for example, in the big picture, they ain't really shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, that's like when you were saying about Bruce Springsteen. I don't know how many. If he's one of those dudes who sold 100 million records, I don't know. Or if he sold he 10. A- he absolutely did. Oh, and yeah. he did that song. About Diallo. Right. I'm a dude Diallo. Right. And nobody gave a shit. Like, there was some controversy about it, but no, this is a multi-million dollar selling fucking dude. Whatever your opinion of his music is, this is a dude who was made. Yeah. Puts out a song, nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares when, when at the time, everything that motherfucker touched was gold. Then right right so, around the same time, you know that period of time after the Fugees dropped and for a few albums where Wyclef was the biggest thing in the mm-hmm. world, like in, in hip-hop and R&B, mm-hmm. around the same time of this song Gavin's talking about, Wyclef dropped the song. He The song was called Diallo. And I can't chalk it up to be like, oh... You know, that subject matter, blah, blah, blah. It's one of his catchiest songs. That's one of my favorite songs of his, just melody-wise. If he was singing something else about a girl or something, I would love that song. So it didn't happen to just be about cops who shot Amadou Diallo 42 times. It was super catchy. Same thing that Gavin said. Nobody, either people, there was a little hubbub, and then it moved on, but it was never pushed as a single, obviously. No video. And this was a dude who, like Gavin said about Springsteen, in that time, and with that time with Columbia Records, he was made. He was signing people left and right. He, they were playing with millions. The, the score sold 18 million records, man. The first Clef album, multi-platinum. He did this Diallo record, and it fell on deaf ears, and it's why is that? You know what I mean? So what the question is, when did... Uh, well, Sean said po- Marley... Um, Steve said the clash, so it's like now you're talking about like well, when 80, did 80, 81 maybe was the when last did time. people stop looking to music as mm, a source of information and and solely as entertainment? Eighty two, eighty three, eighty four, June twelfth, nineteen eighty one. Is that when he was murdered? No, I just picked that at random. Oh. I'm thinking about when Lennon was murdered. That could be the that could be that that could be the day. True. Could that could, and I'm obviously I don't mean it in the sense that it just resonated and there was react the reactionary the the way that the world reacted to that I think was our last. Guy is dead. The last one that mattered. The last, mm-hmm. the the last in, you know incarnation of the Dalai Lama. The last person that that rocked for the the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever, however I'm wording it correctly or incorrectly. Incor- you got to think about what else happened in 1980. I mean, that's the year we elected we elected Reagan. Yeah. And Thatcher in England. I mean, it was just like it was him getting murdered. Was really like the nail at the end of an era. Agreed. And you're talking about with, with Reagan, two terms. So basically our whole lives in the 80s 
was Reagan and Reaganomics and oppression for everybody who wasn't from upper middle class on up. Everybody else below that was fucked, hence why all of these things sort of manifested themselves in subcultures rather than in mainstream mainstream because people weren't having that. And plus too, I think it goes hand in hand. Um, there's a generational thing there where, um, <clears throat> like what, what, where, where my life begins with music is and, and being conscious of it. Well, I shouldn't say that, but like having it as my own, starts in the 80s like I, I knew music from what my parents played in the radio yeah yeah but as fu now for me there was no learning about what came before it was just what was put there in front of you and you know there was a great shift in the way the music industry did business and the product that they put out yeah um what you said earlier pop music went from being a thing where it was just music that was popular yeah. to its own sound and the way that was sold to people changed um in in the 70s the music industry got as big as it was ever going to get yeah and they figured out how to capitalize it on the in the 80s they also realized that it was the way to make the quickest money was style over substance. Yeah. So style was always pushed down your throat and well especially with the with the birth of MTV and the visuals absolutely. to go along with it. And I still think MTV is like was like a government plot to do exactly <laughs> what we're talking about to get music with any kind of depth out of your consciousness. Yeah. And you know, here's Spandau Ballet. Well, what, well, I'm certainly not saying that everything has to have some sort of... Oh, no, definitely um, not. I like a lot of stuff that is just knucklehead shit that is that has no sort of message. Mm -hmm. There was a period of time where I didn't want any message at all from anything I was listening to. Well, did, well when you said, when do you think it stopped, do you think that stopped because... That logic like a, that you had was on a mass level, like yo, like we're a backlash, we're a, a backlash or a, a a reaction to we're dealing with Reaganomics, we're dealing with, you know what I'm saying? So we just want happy. Rome is falling, so I want to hear girls on film because I don't have to think about this shit. I think, in all honesty, I think it was before that. I think it was during the disco thing because. Pop music in the 70s for the second half of the 70s was all fucking disco stuff. That was the stuff that was charting Donna Summer and whatever, whatever. That stuff all has its place, and I don't dislike that stuff, but that's what was top 10 pop music. So let's say now we're at 1975, 76. So what happened between 1970 and 75 that changed because then if you even go further back than that 74 73 stuff like that you start having bands like bread yeah and like yeah that, yeah. that fucking like <laughs> terrible like am yeah so th so now we're back to 19 fucking 70 so what the fuck happened in 1970 ish i'm just w wondering if the people that were running around burning shit down in the summer of 69 by the time 73 4 5 came around they were done with college and it was like i i was gonna say i think it's it might be and i mean i'm just guessing here but like like we all knew no people who in back in our day were 
diehard smash the state punk rockers. Right. That 25, 30 years later, they're as Republican as you That's kind of what I was getting at. How, what, what, how many people stay like us for their entire lives as opposed, you know what I mean? Let's, right. let's talk about those people in the late 60s. It's like... They turned into the they, generation they, that is now currently responsible for the shit that we're in right exactly. now. Exactly. And, and if you looked up some of these current you know i don't want to just i don't want to make a political but just say a current politician they were probably smoking weed or or, or part of the shut-ins then mm -hmm. and then it's 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 something that we've talked about over and over again on this show about uh, something that we disdain and that's like being in being a part of something like it's a style of clothing like it's a phase like yeah like oh that was my blah 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 phase mm -hmm. that was my blah 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 and and there's a different when you lit when your life isn't about a phase and it's about a, a line of thinking and rebellion and this is how i will always be the reason why we're probably sitting here questioning these things and asking each other these questions because we don't know how to be any other way than that whereas the average person is just like Oh, yeah, I remember seeing y'all at those shows and then, like, you know, Dockers and, yeah. and Penny Loafers. Y'all still, like, still do that crazy yo, music bro, shit? Bro, you know how often like, you're still rapping yeah. or something? I'm like, motherfucker, have you looked at me? Yeah. What do you think what, what I'm doing? I you think do? I, what do you think I fucking... I can't imagine what someone thinks when they say, you know, and I don't mean that from a, a like the perspective of they should know what I'm doing, like I'm famous. I mean... If you know me like you th say or thought you did, you should believe when I said I'm never going that route. Yeah. That was never an option for me. I don't think it was, when, whatever age it was that we made that decision, that it was never our yeah. decision to live that way. What percentage of the population lives like that? You know what I mean? Is there anything going on right now in 2016 uh, pop culture-wise, music-specific, that you can even think about that comes close to anything that we mentioned earlier, like like the Ohio song or anything. I think honestly, I think that's what started the discussion, and we said let's let's air it out on the air if, if we do think of it. Like I, what? I couldn't. I thought of it, but I didn't say anything to OG. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's good, and then I was like, you know, I'll think of it all yeah. day. And I did, and I was like, well, what about, I was, I was stopping myself, you know, when you think to yourself, and then you stop yourself, mm -hmm. what about the, oh, that was kind of cool, ah, uh, that was, yeah. oh, man, I've been in the industry so long, right. I got caught slipping, that's their fucking, that's, that's their publicist idea, right. that's, um, that's Live Nation's idea, that's da-da-da, you know what I mean? Right. A lot of the things I had problems with when people were bitching and complaining, um, I had said this to to you before sicko like about um some of the beyonce stuff my problem wasn't about what she was doing my problem was that i firmly believe that she doesn't know anything about that mm -hmm. i don't believe she knows about that she knows who huey newton is i don't think she knows who bobby still is that shouldn't be offensive some rise up shit that's what people should be doing my take on it was y'all are mad but for the wrong reason right i'm mad because i think She's cashing in. She's cashing in, and there's some really smart people, including Jay. Jay is a genius, and she is super talented and very beautiful. So if if, if he was like, look, 
maybe it's more easily digestible if you do this, then maybe that is dope. You know what I mean? I, I, but I'm not, but I don't, I don't know the situation behind her going from, you know, just super syrupy bubble gum R&B, you know, more bubble gum R&B than R&B pop to um, that video that she shot, you know, in like the Fifth Ward and shit in New Orleans, which was visually stunning, you know, because she had people from New Orleans down there. So visually it was dope. But was that the mind of the director was at the mind of the How 50 much is she the 59 credited writers on her album and the brilliant mind of her husband you know what i mean who at one point was running around with gods and earth and and malachi york people jay was doing the knowledge in the mid 80s he was running around with brothers of the nation of islam and and the holy tabernacle so maybe he was like yo this is this i don't know you know, I don't know. I don't, Sean, I don't know if you know anything <laughs> about it. I don't know anything about what's going on behind the scenes, you know. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about who's running her show. I can only speak to the response. Right. Um, when I'm not a Beyonce stan, I know, like, the big songs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. One or two singles off Single of it. Like I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know the drones. You know, like right. Yeah. Um, but when Lemonade dropped, yeah, the formation happened first. Right, right. And um, all my social media, all my Facebook, right. just blew up, and it was just nothing but black women just loving it. Right. Like women who my age. Uh huh. Um, some were long-term fans, most weren't. Uh, and whatever Beyonce has going on behind the scenes, she hit something. Sparked off some shit. She really did. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the last couple, she's been making this transition from... A couple the, years it's been, right? Right, yeah. from the Beyonce that I thought yeah, I Yeah, I, I agree. And, like, getting a little bit more rough around the edges. I agree. A little bit more gully, just, you know. Absolutely, For, on every level, visually, the yeah. production... So um, when this happened, and I don't know if anybody else actually watched the whole. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. It's really it's, dope. I love how it was shot. Um, the girls whose poetry she's reciting mm -hmm. is dope. Just the whole thing. Yeah. And um, what made it so great was white people's reaction to it, and it was it was like twofold. There was this surface reaction that was pseudo political, uh -huh. which was really nothing. Like formation, she's on a cop car. Yeah, but she doesn't really say anything yeah. in the lyrics. That's the New Orleans shot, right? Yeah. And then there's the one scene with the little kid dancing. Yeah. And then I think on the wall it said, um, "Stop killing us or don't shoot us." Right. People just went off bananas, and I think when that reaction happened. That's what sparked the, oh, let's do this Black Panther imagery. Right. Right. I think right. that was a reaction from her team. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It was a reaction to the reaction. On a deeper level, what started to happen was people who had been fans of hers for a long time felt left out. Right. Of this particular project. Right. And there was a lot of backlash. Like, where's our single ladies? Right, right. Beyonce that likes all women, you know. 
Like, see, I didn't the, see that. The, it was a. I saw I saw Whitey flipping their lid, and I saw black girls being empowered. I didn't see. There was a lot of. Not to make every this particular thing is is specifically racial, but not to like make yeah it no, a no conversation no, no. there's a there were a lot of white women expressed I don't like this new Beyonce yeah I liked her before right I don't like this um and her whole that that's happened thing. historically though right I look at Marvin I, look at when yeah. Marvin like was like yo I'm growing my shit out and the cover of what's going on doesn't look like me the shit I did with Tammy. It's. I think it's historically yeah, it's it, happened. Yeah. So when you make, no matter how big and popular you are, in that mainstream kind of way, when you stop making stuff that's palatable for the everyday Joe, yeah. that's when it comes in. And I think what we're talking about here is that tolerance for anything deep has gotten smaller and smaller and tinier and tinier as the decades have gone on. Well, this is where you can see where politics come into it, whether these people want to admit it or not, because what's going on and Beyonce's new shit is still dope. So if you're turning, it's not some... You're saying, well, I don't feel like I fit in. You're saying that out loud, but it's really psychologically yeah. deeper than that. Because what's going on is still brilliant pop music, and I love some of the new B shit more than I liked those hits from the earlier 2000s or 10 years ago. You know what I mean? And I like, like your wife said, I'm not a stan. You know what I mean? I I, I am an R&B fan, but I was like, well, she's she's super talented. She can sing her ass off. She's beautiful. There, there's nothing to hate about the yeah. girl. But then when she flipped the switch and got on some like, I'm gonna really start pushing buttons now. To me, to me when it said, well. There were a lot of black girls that really felt empowered by that. That makes me say it doesn't matter what I think about whether she knew anything about it. Because if it empowered people, a lot of them, then I'm with it. Whether or not she was well-versed in who Bobby right. Steele was or could tell you about the weathermen or could tell you about the Panthers or anything like that, that just flew out the window of the macaroni mansion because if that many people were <laughs> empowered by it then fuck it you it know was. what i'm saying it's like if you found out if you found out chuck d wasn't as deep into the shit as he was would it change things i don't think so because it's like you would hear a lot of this pro farrakhan or noi shit and then he'd be chilling with the beasties yeah. and people were like yo what's this about and what's that about and he's like Yo, pro-black ain't anti-white. I don't know right, how many right. more times I got to say that shit. Yeah. And that's still applicable to this day. I feel like feel like white people always feel threatened by oh. by pro-black. I'm like, but but what, what 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 do you think is wrong with with what you know what I mean? And then that opens up a right, whole right. another oh, 10 episodes. Yeah. But I think when you when you when you understand that I don't know that you can be taught Yo, you understand that pro-black is an anti-white, right? I don't think that's something you can learn. It's, it's conditioning, and you're not, you know what I mean. And it, and it goes back to the shit we touched on uh, um, last week, you and I, a little bit with the Kaepernick shit. And it's mm -hmm. why they don't understand it. Why someone was just gunned down, and people are are worried about Kaepernick not kneeling, but we're okay with, with people getting shot in the street. Who are we really talking to at this point? <laughs> then that's the answer to the question of me and Gavin. We're only all talking to each other anyway, and it's become this subculture of people that have 
300 million in the states what five million might be elevated enough to you know what i mean it's why a guy like ron paul is considered a joke it's got why things like that happen because how many people are you working with here realistically so let me ask you this based on that last statement do you think if we go back and let's again use the crosby stills nash and young song as an example do you think it w that like a song like that could chart become popular because people were more open-minded and could get it or was it the exact opposite because they were so entrenched in their world that it was like oh i didn't even know that song was about that i just like the melody i say half and i think half were that you know what i mean i'm i'm just a dumbbell i like the melody i think four dead in ohio could go right over your fucking head if you're that dumb i don't i can't see it personally yeah, yeah, yeah. but right. it could go right over your head um and then i think I know this is going to sound crazy, and I know how high of a percentage 50% is, but I think a lot of fucking people were zonked out of their heads, man. I think, I don't think you can undersell how, I mean, how much reading have we done about that era, especially because of the Charlie shit, where it was like squares were whacked out of their head. You know what I'm saying? Like, from from weed to acid to mushrooms, just that little family, like that was everybody. That, that wasn't even made into, it, it, there was so much drugs in that Sharon Tate house that they, there was so many drugs that they thought it was about a drug deal. And those drugs back then, those kinds of drugs were way more powerful than they are Absolutely, today. way more pure, way more powerful, yeah. way more readily available, even though that sounds crazy with the, all the ODs today, but people are just taking bad shit today. Right, right. right. It's and just, they're doing different kind of drugs. Yes. Like the, the hallucinogenics are not nearly as popular as they were. Yeah, I mean, you talk then. about, let's look at, let's look at, you know, hate in San Francisco in that era. Or or that or uh, the Bay Area, however many million or millions, or you can count all of those people in the half of zonked out of their heads. And then Middle America was just like, this is a dope melody. Of course, we all know how good of songwriters they were. Those four guys. I think, I think the general mindset of the population has changed. Yeah. That yeah. everybody yeah. now is concerned about them themselves and their shit and what affects them personally. It's the eighties again. I, I was just saying. I, I think that started Whereas in the then 80s. in the sixties. It was more uh, community based in a yeah, weird way. Of like course. A, Charlie more concerned about people uh, people in general. As opposed to the individual, and now everybody's focused on the individual. Charlie almost single-handedly killed that. You know what I mean? With with what? Mm -hmm. And everybody's fucking love, love Charlie. Everybody's got their own agenda now, and their own. Everybody's focused on them, only them, and they 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 refuse to look at how things affect people as a whole. Yeah. So yeah, when some white dude from Middle America says like, "Whoa." Fucking, that's not how about because it doesn't affect them personally. They don't have bad experiences with police. They don't have bad experiences with the schools they go to. They don't have bad experience with you know the schools their kids go to. They don't have bad experiences with their neighborhood. They don't have bad experiences with anything because they they're only concerned about what affects them and their family. 
That's it. Yeah, it's, they it's, don't this care insular, about, it's this insular way of thinking. They don't care about the big picture. So when you when somebody makes a comment about the big picture, they get offended. Well, no, no, that's because it how rattles it is. the cage that they live in. Yep. Right. No that, one. That's dead on. No one's bothering that cage. Good, bad, and, and, and ugly. No matter. It's just their cage. When like, you live in that little bubble, it's hard for you to. It's hard for that person to say. Oh, maybe you have a point. Yeah. Because to them, it it doesn't exist. I was going to say, they don't know they're in the bubble until right. someone starts poking it. And they say, well, that's not how it is. And that's why you get these people making these irrational defenses of these terrible videos that we see in these, these you know, different um, racial climates in the country and, and whatever else. It, it, it doesn't exist to them. So they, they immediately said, that's not the way it is. It's like that's not how Jim, who works on the police force, who I grew up with, is. Well, he's probably not. But you guys live in this little section. Bro, if there's a if there's a, a horrible disease in Bulgaria right now, we're not sitting around. Oh, shit, because right. it hasn't affected us. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it's not really a great way to think because we should care about everybody. But it is what it is. Right. Whereas it's human I think, nature. I think in the 60s, it was more, everybody was more focused on uh, big pictures. Oh, it was like, you're trying. walking down the street? Get in. Right. That, right. Shit, that shit ain't happened today. And let me say, it's not because someone's scared of getting their throat slit or something. Because people existed then, man. Ted Bundy was around in the 70s. You know what I mean? These people around. It's not, oh, I don't want to get, I don't want to give them a lift because I might get my head lobbed off. It's. I don't want to give them a lift because fuck him. I fuck him and I want to go watch what I DVR tonight. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever is on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But as far as I remember when we were talking about Kaepernick and Pablo said something like, well, he's a football player, so I don't care what he has to say. And you and I disagree. And we're like, those are the people that should take the bull by the horns. So in terms of. Uh, yeah. So that, that statement was misinterpreted. All right. No, I'm not sure. I wasn't no, shooting. No, no. And, and I know. And I, after I, uh, Played it back in my the next day. I yeah. realized that what I was saying was, you could say whatever you want, but Kid Rock shouldn't shoot on Kaepernick. Bull. I think you should be able to say whatever you want to say. Right, right. But you shouldn't shoot on other people. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah. Like, indeed. You're indeed. whack for standing up for yourself. Indeed, that's, indeed. That's what I meant. I didn't mean that. No, I that, feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but it's. I'll be honest. I'm guilty of that to a degree. I, for me personally, I don't give a fuck what some football player says, whether I agree with him or not. Right, right. I don't give a shit. I don't need to be hip to anything by anyone. But in the big picture, then that's me looking at my personal thing. Yeah. Don't give a fuck what some millionaire fucking football player thinks about anything. But when I look at the big picture, I see why it's important for somebody who's in that position where... Uh, certain aspects of our population might look up to that guy. Yeah. I don't on any level. Right. But somebody might, and they might say, hey, this dude who I admire is thinking this thing. Maybe I need to check this out yeah. and see where that's, he's coming that, from. See, that's how I see it. So I get that. So my immediate reaction might be, I don't give a fuck what that dude thinks because I personally don't. Yeah. But... Sometimes people need to look into the big picture of everything just for just because it's not I don't care what he says personally. Right, right, right. Doesn't mean that I don't see the importance of what why why it's important that he did what he did. Yeah, well, I'm you're you're not a sports fan at all except the sport of Kings. But for me, 
as a football fan who wasn't a Kaepernick fan, my first instinct when he did what he did was this is all that for every 11, 12, 13-year-old black kid that loves him, his style of play, worships him. If this, uh, this goes back to the other shit, if one thing leads to another right, thing, right, right. if he goes to his pop and says, Daddy, why is Colin Kaepernick kneeling? Then he has to have the talk. Son, look, I know you hang with everybody in school and it's all love, but the world mm -hmm. is a little bit different than this little world we've what created I for you. Then that turns into good shit. What I was thinking while he was saying that was... It's good for, you know, little Johnny Suburb, who's 12 years old, who's never been out of his little suburb, because it what you just said, it might get him thinking, and then he's got to go and ask somebody. Well, right? my fear for Johnny Suburb is he goes home and asks his dad. Uh, right. And then but, that, yeah. that starts a different... Yes. It has yes. to, but the thing is, it has to change at some point. Right. Somebody's got to question something. And you know what? It, it, he may get that other talk from his dad, but he also may talk about it with his kid, with his friend in school, and his friend might have gotten the good talk from his dad. Yeah, or, like, he, or he brings up the talk to his black friend. Or whatever. Every, and they changes. tell him, no, it's not that, it's this. And when it comes down to it, who are you going to listen to? It's usually going to be your friends. There's this video of um, of that kid, Young Thug. And this is recent, meaning like 18, within 18 months, 24 months recent. But post Trayvon, post, you know what I mean? I want to, no, it was post Mike Brown. So Mike Brown's been a little bit over a year, right? Mm -hmm. And the, um, the journalist wasn't even, it wasn't even a political based interview it was some you know like vma shit you know pr promote your album and he's fucking slurring and he's got a cup of fucking lean and um then the person asked like what do you think about you know what's going on with mike brown and and ferguson and and what's going and again slurring um not every other sentence every other word was the n-word but you know i mean Look, like I'm out here getting money, like people do what they do. So, if we're gonna call him a retard, then why? Then how can we say what Colin Kaepernick is doing isn't great? Right. Pick, take your pick, man. Right. Stop right. with the stop with the black people need to start stop wilding, right. and then Kaepernick respectfully doesn't even right. say a word. Dude just blew out his fro real illmatic, uh -huh. which was a nice touch for me. I like that little. Amen. I like that shit because I knew what he was doing. That was another fuck you. Whether or not other people get right. it, that's mm -hmm. on them. I love that. A simple take in a knee. Didn't turn his back. Didn't get on a, a megaphone. Mm -hmm. Didn't wear anything on his helmet. Didn't do anything like that. So while you're saying, yo, yo stop wilding, that's not the way to to solve things and then someone peacefully protests and y'all got a problem with that too mm -hmm. so now what now what y'all want to now what y'all want to happen mm -hmm. i mean but again because of my way of thinking and it, and it's a, it's a very extreme way of thinking i'm like all right motherfuckers gotta set it now that's that's the way i am like oh y'all want to set it now yeah. because i did the right thing um other people which was which was really cool to me um that girl, uh, I guess, like she she felt 
there was oppression in the the community as far as like the lesbian mm -hmm. gay community. Oh, the soccer player. The soccer girl that did it, yeah. like as a nod to Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. I was like, see, this is kind of ill. Right. This now it's like because what Gavin said. Well, somewhere there's got to be an answer. Yep. So now the little white girls who look up to her, who've yep. never, who aren't even into a sport where there's many black people, ex except for when you get into Latin America and stuff. But in terms of the U.S., you know what I'm saying? It's if there's some rich little white girl playing soccer and she's like, "Mommy, why did that girl kneel?" And she's like, "Well, because she was." paying homage to this guy and this guy was doing this and that and each one teach like, one yeah and like gavin said wherever that leads somewhere it's got to stop somewhere the ignorant answer if the kid goes to 10 people someone will Someone's say gonna have the right look thing. man i don't know about people one through nine or what they're fucking trying to sell you but mm -hmm. this is how it really is and that's how it's going to continue to be from now on moving forward you know what i mean like i don't know if you saw the picture it, it's almost choking me up right now that Gavin put up, I don't know if it was Lie or X with all his homies. It, it was like, it was last year, it was like your back gimmick. Oh, it was, was like his whole crew from school. That was Xavier. That was, it, that was a couple years ago. It looks like what you would dream of in a conversation of how kids would be raised. It was, it was Xavier. If I remember right, it was when he was graduating eighth grade, so it was a few years. Yeah, ago. it was like three kids. It's literally choking me up. It was like three kids from you threw three darts on the map of the world, not the U.S. It was like four Rican kids, four black kids, four Asian kids, four Dominican kids. You know what I'm saying? And they're all hugging each other in this picture. And it just... it it was so much more significant to me than Gavin thought it was of just being like, here's X and his homeboys. You know what I mean? Because that's all he put. He wasn't making a point at all because Gavin doesn't think that way. People are just people. But I saw it differently in being like, what are all of the parents of all of these kids in this picture doing that 98% of the world isn't? That they're just... They're not even blanking. They're not like, I've heard his kids talk, name 10 kids, reel them off. And it's never like, you know, my black friend, Mike, or my Asian friend, Chris, or whatever like that. It's just the ability to, to have done that from a parent's perspective. I don't know how that's done. I, my experience growing up was very mixed. Like I, Grew up in South Jersey, and I where I lived was primarily black, but where I went to school was primarily white. That's and, why you talk white. <laughs> um, and I had all friends of all different colors, summer parties, my house, their house, all that stuff. Right? Yeah. Pictures of me with lots of different kids, yeah. Spanish, white, and everything is everything is good when you're little. Yeah. But this thing happens where you become an adult, just yeah, like yeah. when you guys talk about phases and, yeah. and, and you just get sort of conditioned. If you don't work actively against the, the way this world is built, yeah. if you don't think about it and if you don't talk about it, you will just become conditioned. Sure. And the same people that I have pictures of me with, yeah. I check them on Facebook. Nada. Nada. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to, you have to, if you don't 
teach them how to keep that, yeah, they'll, they'll lose it. Yeah, you know, it's not because they're evil or bad. Oh people, no, of course the, not. It just will happen. Well, I don't know any of the people that raise the kids in the picture other than Gavin and Kath, and I know that they do do yeah, that. Yeah, see, that's so, that's what you. So, we talked about before. It starts somewhere, and. It grows from that. So I, I can't, like I said, I can't speak for all the parents in that picture. Maybe maybe someone's mad as shit. Maybe someone's pop is in the fruit of Islam or something. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I just thought that, I know that picture like warmed my heart for that yeah. moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it realistic to think that that's how the world, of course not. But you look for these little moments. Yeah, yeah. That's what life becomes. At a, when, you, when, you, when you get smartened up to life, then it becomes these little moments where just you let happiness come in for a few seconds, or at least for me. You know? I will say that like parents like you guys' age are very different than the parents like my mom's age. Yeah. Parents of the kids that I'm talking about and remembering about. I mean, people talk to their kids about stuff now. Yeah. I don't think they did that before. Yeah, I mean... I see huge, huge differences in yeah. the the my kids' generation and our generation. Fucking huge differences. There's people of our generation who say, I don't see race, I don't see color, I don't see that. Oh, but I'm starting to see that as a reality with these younger That's kids. That's how I feel about your, your son and his friends. I If someone sold me on that on them... I'm I'm in. If when people our age say it around us, I'm like motherfucker. The fact that you're bringing it up means you do. It's <laughs> such a it's such a difficult situation that will take generations to repair. Yeah. Right, right. Well, plus you also need to see. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. You also need a sort of a, a, a balance of education where. You need to teach them that it, you know, the, the the differences in skin color or culture don't matter. But what I think, and I, you know, I can't speak for being a parent, but what I see in the world, I think kids are being more educated in is, you do to some extent have to take notice of who's what, because it's a, it's an identity thing. Like to say like, like I don't think of my wife as a black woman. It, I mean, not only is it not true, it's not... I know where you're going. You know what I, I mean? agree. It's, no, I agree. I agree. It's not It's not the most important thing in the world. It's yeah. not the first thing I so think. You have to be aware. But you've got to recognize it. And I think what I, what I notice from, I don't want to say kids, but people that are like in their 20s that I sort of have contact with, mostly through the music scene, yeah. kind of have that balance and that awareness mm -hmm. yeah. of, of a person's culture. Yeah. It's not the most important thing about them, no, but, but they're you aware. Recognize yeah, it, you know, course. and and I think that's key to everything. I agree. Because when, like you just said, like when someone of our generation says, "I don't see color," like motherfucker, you're first of all you're lying. Yeah, of course. Uh, second of all, you're doing a great disservice to the people that you're supposedly being so liberal about. Yeah, yeah. And because you should see it, and you should recognize what happened. Right. And yeah. third of all, you're full of shit. Yeah. I know where you're coming from and you're full of shit. Of I know course. how you were taught and how you were brought up. You're full of shit. So, that's why I, uh, I I guess something I wanted to add because this stemmed like most things with with protest music and whatever. 
And um, regardless of the fact of what any of us said, I guess they attempted, I guess, particularly uh, something that I dug that they were involved with was the Mumia case. But I guess Rage Against the Machine took a stab at Sure. Stab at it. Sure. But, and they, yeah. had, they had a very large platform to do it on. But, but Gavin a couple times shot things down in a correct way by saying, ah, it's still kind of a small box. Like, mm. we're ra- yeah, I think that first record went platinum, but like, we're talking like Lady Gaga numbers where, you, where everyone knows. You know what I, I'm saying? I would have thought they, thought they, they, they were they hit that. No, they went they, they went like platinum. The first record went platinum. The second record went gold. Oh. And then I, I don't even know if there's a third. And again, it's difficult for us to see that. Yeah, because I, mean, I would have said they're world. on the same level as a Lady Gaga. Oh, not yeah. even not even close. Not even close. I'm not saying that in a condescending manner. I'm just saying because I know numbers. It's yeah. part of what I what I do to know That's amazing how to, to do that. And right now you have this Prophets of Rage shit. It's basically all of Rage Against the Machine but Zach De La Roca with Be Real and Chuck D. Mm-hmm. And it's some protest shit, but... Nobody did cares. did, I, did yeah, anyone here hear it? Yeah. I mean, first off, I know, I know some of them, and never, I haven't heard a song yet. I saw a video, and they were doing the the, the I, I Rage saw, Against the Machine song, "Bulls on Parade," with I Chuck D singing. And they were doing a Beastie Boys song. Yeah, so we we there's we saw two videos between us, and they weren't doing their own song. The name we know where it comes from, "Prophets of Rage." Right. It even sounds like yo, we're gonna be on some. Some shit, and they might be, but is someone going to give them a deal? Is, that, uh, is anyone paying attention? I mean, you'll get you'll get festival bookings because who's in the group, right? And that's you know a few thousand people a night. But are you gonna? But you know better than anyone. I mean, you've played these kinds of festivals. Do you think every fucking kid in that audience? Is paying attention Bro, to any kind of message. Every kid, I don't know of any. That's what I think I'm like, saying, yo, like, man, you can look into, you can assess the situation very easily when it becomes part of your being. And there's very few people. That, that, it's not shitting on them. It's like they had to have a good time. Drinks are flowing, drugs are everywhere. You got like that first five, 10, 15, 20 rows of people that are singing every word. But they would be there. If you played in a little tiny club, they would be there. If you played in front of 70,000 people, it's basically what these things have become is basically like traveling Woodstocks. People are just wilding and want to listen to good music, you know, and sing the hooks. And even if they're informative, they're, they're just not aware. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, so I, no, I don't see anyone out now, man. I guess that was 91, 92 with Rage. So. Well, the last the last person to try, they were on a major. It was twenty five years, I guess, man. You too, maybe. I don't know. I don't but know their music. Their music. Really, I didn't know if any of his like music he, was political as much as he was his stupid glasses and <laughs> trying. To, it was um, Sunday Blaze. Sunday Sunday Sunday. Oh no, no, but, the, but we're going back to eighty two, eighty three. You know, what right? About, uh, but like, their I think their biggest song is like that ballad one, isn't it? Probably, you know, like is that the Buffalo gimmick? It's not a bad song. I don't know the words. Look at my fucking glasses. (laughs) I've got light sensitivity. All right. Well, obviously this could go on forever, but um, with no resolution. But well, but it's fun to take the. So the closest we got was in the nineties. I think so. That's. 
Who was in the 90s? Again? Oh, I'm just saying Rage Against the Machine tried. I'm not agreeing that... Right. I'm not agreeing that they did. I'm just saying, if anyone thinks of anything, you could let us know. And if you think of some like weirdo, obscure band who that, who sold CDRs, you're proving our point. Right. So don't bother. Right. Name someone who was on a major who was massive and and it went like double, triple platinum. Yeah, or diamond. Or diamond. But politics is one thing. The business is another. Yeah. We need to. Although very similar. Indeed. The one, one is far more noble. It is. Yes. The Gavin. We went from 10 yeah, to 6. Everybody's waiting to hear you get down to number one. Well, I'll rip through the who we already picked. We had Asuka at number 10 mm-hmm. because we said so. Mm-hmm. Okada at number 9. Mm-hmm. Jay Lethal at number 8. Number 7, we have Ricochet. Number 6, AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. So uh, number 5 is a favorite of yours, as of mine too, but you're a super mark. Uh, I mean that in the most respectful way, of course. I'm a mark too, but number five, we're going with Samoa Joe. What? It's it, it, it's tough because now we're getting into the fucking the real deal of, of it, yeah. And a lot of thought went into the order of this. Yes, it did. Spent a good seven minutes on how <laughs> <laughs> how we were going to put this together and. Uh, Joe, I, I think you'll see it. Uh, um, a bit of a pattern as we go from <laughs> five on. We clearly like dudes who work stiff, like yeah. su- super snug. Yeah, uh, I think we both believe Joe is a type of dude that the average person thinks, "Yo, that dude would fuck me up," and would. Yeah, yeah, and um, again, we're going by the 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 quality of the year they had. Joe, since he's gone from. Uh, TNA to NXT has just yeah. been killing it. Another ROH guy. Yeah, and um, is really holding together TNA or uh, NXT right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So that's our number five, Samoa Joe. Um, number four, we might. Uh, this might be the guy we mark out for the most. You and I. He's not at number one, but I know that we. Um, it's must watch as you were talking about Oscar. Right. Like, right. Look, whatever the orders is, this is we have to watch this person, and that is Shinsuke Nakamura. We uh, both have been marks from when he was in New Japan. His work there was brilliant. The dude, he oozes personality, and I don't mean that on the mic because obviously he's very limited from a promo standpoint uh, with his English. Agreed that he's able to lure you in without talking and i think that's something that goes back to the dudes that we grew up on you know that ability to just visually whoa i don't i don't you know what i'm saying how how, his english is kind of awful man when vince signed him i was like yo look his english isn't good and his promos are going to be whatever and i got bombarded with people telling me how great his english is i obviously they didn't know they've never heard him speak um yeah, well, he's at number four because... We were trying to figure out the year that the person had. Yeah, and, and his year, he didn't have had. a whole year. I mean, we're going not calendar year. We're going year right. from like today. Right. So 
he he's only been in NXT for however long. Right. He hasn't had that many matches. This right. time next year, I, I'm guessing he'll be higher. Yeah. As long as things continue on the route they're going, uh, especially if they move him up. Indeed. Uh, number three. Possibly the one of the, uh, the f- one or two of the most entertaining of the list, uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, w- w- we both thought he was amazing, work rate, and was the shits on the mic, and the dude fucking turned heel and blew our minds. And now he's about to turn babyface and he's going to make tons of money money for that company. He's going to be the most over guy in years. I, I know we don't want to uh, we're, we're moving this along. Just real quick a question. Do you think he'll be as good as a face mic wise? I have concerns with that. Yeah, because I think he's going to keep that kind of edgy, Ant, like big, some antihero yeah, shit. Right, yeah, okay. because he's against the, the uh, right. All right, I'm okay with whatever. that. If they yeah. work a sort of new era version of a of an Austin attitude, yeah. not you know not work style, yeah. but that kind of attitude, yep. I'm cool with it. I'm interested to see what happens at this pay per view. Correct. Uh, something night of the champions. Something is night that what of it champions. Is? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna something's going on. The smart move. This is not a prediction, but this is the smart move. They had on Monday, they had Seth make the save for Roman. Right. The smart move would be to somehow put them together on Sunday. Double turn. Seth complete babyface, Roman total heel. Uh, Look like this shield's back together kind of thing. That's where the the money is. Yeah. That's That's fucking money all day. All day. All right, uh, moving on. This is uh, this is heartbreaking. But uh, Finn Balor, who was recently hurt, uh, I'm not sure how long they said he was out, but uh, working as Prince Devitt overseas, then in New Japan, basically made that Bullet Club shit the hottest thing in wrestling since the NWO. Agreed. Yeah. In terms of uh, like stables and money. Yeah. Dude is brilliant as it comes. Um, again, works snug, stiff as shit, kicks the fuck out of people. Another one, like we were saying about AJ, he's flawless. Yeah, everything is crisp yep. as fuck and looks real. Yep. I like you said about AJ. I've never seen him make a mistake or you know botch things, and or he's so good that if he has, he's covered it up without me knowing. I've seen him. You know, we've seen him work a lot of times, and the only thing that he's ever botched was that spot. With Seth, where he got fucked where he up, got fucked up, and took the responsibility. For right. Um, so, all right. Well, we're down to number one. You want to let him know? Uh, our number one is. Can we get a drum roll? The longest running, reigning Universal <laughs> Champion of all time. <laughs> it's brilliant. Kevin Steen yes. Owens all yes. day long. Uh. So of new breed, not of new breed, not older guys that are still great. Of new breed, is he the best on the mic? Him and Bray, of like the last ten, fifteen years. 
he's the best on the mic and he can also work with anyone and make them look good. Yeah. That is such a rare thing. A lot of these people on this list, as good as they are, they don't have the ability to do that. AJ does. I'm looking over the list real quick. AJ does. um, Joe does. Ricochet. Seth does. I imagine Ricochet does, but the stuff I've seen him with, he's always working with somebody who's really good. So I'm not sure. It's hard for me to say. That's true. Um, definitely Seth, definitely Joe, definitely AJ off the top, just kind of looking at this list. Steen, you put him in there with anyone and they look like a million bucks. Agreed. That's the sign of a fucking great worker. And him and Jericho, best friends deal. Yeah, man. It's cherries on top, just more brilliant. So good. Mocking the fucking interview guy. When they keep calling him the wrong Phillip. name. <laughs> Fellow Felipe. Uh, Theodore. Yeah. Everything. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. Um, all right, yeah, so that's it for the biz. Um, and that is, uh, yeah, it's not our opinion. It's just fact. <laughs> Live it, learn it, love it. Tattoo it. Law of the land, pals. I will throw it over to the sicko for his gimmick. Which direction would we like to go? I would go the other way because last episode. Oh, we've got tonight was the Bob Seger song. I was thinking. Of. Oh, I like that. That is horrible. Be quiet. Oh, that's like one of the worst songs oh, ever made. Shut up. Go listen we to. Got tonight, babe. Go listen to Discord Thirty. I will. Fucking all day cry over your, that. Cry on your poem book, you fuck. Go yes. listen to fucking Nation of Ulysses. All day. <laughs> All right, so we're going this way? Oh, my God. What? Picture of that, please. The hat that the professor is wearing right now has outdone himself. Look, Gavin, would you back up just really? Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. All right, we'll start it off going this way. What comes to mind when I say Bill Murray? Oh, I was just talking about Bill Murray. I was just talking about him the other day. Cracks me up. Pablo, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the go into Vinny, and I'm just say that he uh, recently he bartended at his son's bar, and he put him over real well, and I would love to have been there. Jeffrey, lost in translation. What I, did he say to her, Jeffrey? I don't know, but it was a fucking brilliant movie. You can find out what he said, though. He he, he's had an interview. I think he said gimmick, gimmick, gimmick. Yeah, I think he made it up. Of course, I, I know what Pablo shit. left for me, so I have to take that. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Serious. Um, more than a handful of people in his neighborhood have confirmed that when he gets wind of a party in the neighborhood, he just shows up. Eats the food, drinks the alcohol, leaves, and when everyone was like, Bill Murray was here, he's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. He knows something. What was the other one? I don't know. Star Wars. I was going to do that. That was crazy. That was crazy. Star Wars every day. All right. uh, Ronnie James Dio. The Maloiks. (laughs) Jesus, man. Um, I like Dio. He's cool. 
I like the uh, some of the solo stuff. I like the Sabbath stuff a lot. Heaven and Hell, Mob Rules are as good as anything with Ozzy. I'm gonna say incredibly talented. I have no interest in him whatsoever. In Dare you? Music. Oh, you want you would you like to say something <laughs> on the deal? Just that all I think about is uh, Rollins' spoken word joke about Devil him. Woman. Look out! Look Tonight! out! That's why I can't take him seriously. Yeah, Rollins is a fucking bozo. Pablo, girl of monsoon. Terrific announcer. Jeffrey. Super heavy. Uh, very involved with, with backstage stuff and owned part of the company at one point, which I was unaware of until fairly recently. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, Gorilla and Heenan is my <laughs> favorite team, announcing team of all time. Not saying either one was the best at mm -hmm. Gordon Soli, but the best team ever. That's all I remember him as is an announcer. And that name's heavy as shit. It is. Yeah, yeah. man. It should have been my rhyme name. Really? Here's one for Pookie. Jill Scott. Oh, Jilly from Philly. <laughs> Pablo? Used to see her footwork. Jeffrey? I used to see her at Tower. Vinny? Oh, uh, I have a funny flyer. Of her opening up for I think us. I have it on my phone, actually. Yeah, so we could print it. Yeah. She was always a sweetheart. Um, but, yeah, that was funny. There were days where she opened up for us. But she's a sweetheart. Yeah, I don't ever remember seeing her around, like, you know, when we were doing all the footworks. I don't even remember yeah. her at that show. But that, that flyer is awesome to have. Uh, Boy George. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I, I was going to. I was like. Do you? Oh. I was like, Pablo has the gimmick on his head. He might have to. Do you really want to hurt me? Do you really want to make the G's cry? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Jeffrey? Jeffrey P? He had a lot of songs I liked in the 80s. A lot, of, a lot more than you would think. He had like 10 or fucking 15 hits. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I immediately, every time some his name comes up or Culture Club comes up, I think of my father. No way that guy's got a penis. <laughs> no way that's not abroad. I'll take it to my grave. And he did, so. Jim Carroll? Nah. Jim Carroll. The Irish fella? <laughs> I like that. OG? One song. Just the one. That's all I care about. I don't think I know any other song. I, I know Catholic Boy, too. He had one called Catholic Boy, I which think I think I was that. the flip of people who really? died. I think. I have no idea who Jim Carroll is. Basketball, Basketball diaries. diaries. All the people who die, die. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about him other other than that. Yeah. Good writer. Uh, don't know anything other that musically other than people who died rules. It's a great fuck. It's a brilliant song. But Leo, <laughs> how about Leonard Cohen? Leonard Cohen gets the gas face. <laughs> nice, <laughs> Jeff. Everybody knows. 
Mm. Leonard Cohen, the writer? The so singer, songwriter. Oh, I don't know any of that stuff. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that, I guess, but I don't know enough to comment. I forget, keep forgetting what direction we're going. The White Shadow. <laughs> That's some terrible slang. <laughs> Pablo, The White Shadow. It was awesome in Curb. I didn't get that one. He was in Curb. Brilliant show. Who was? Was he in Curb when wow. Larry was trying to get in, get, get into the uh, the club? When Larry was trying to get into the Ritzy Golf Club, Country Club, and oh. then with the with the fucking uh, Mr. Baseball, and, and he gets to blow up the spots. He's with he's with the hooker at the baseball game. Jesus, what is he talking about? That's the White Shadow <laughs> and and the other bull. Or in Curb Your Enthusiasm, the guy who doesn't curse, freak you. He's with him, right? The two. Remember, when I'm talking about the TV show. Right. Yeah. Show. I'm talking about the actor who played White Shadow. Ken Reeves? Yeah. He I ran the fucking, he ran the yeah. uh, Actors Guild, and he also was in, that. Ep- there's two episodes of Curb. All right. All right. Pablo. Good pull. I never noticed that. The theme song ruled. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I, exactly what I was going to say. I'm more of a Dark Shadows man. Nice. Oh, well done. Well done. All right. And let's end it with. Simmerip. What? Uh, Pablo. Skinhead Moonstop might be my favorite Scott Reggae of all time. Jeffrey. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> It was their attempt to write pyramids backwards. Fuck! Pull my strings. He took mine. <laughs> they were both taken. Now you got to come up with something. Trojan Records. All right. Lovely. There you go. Oi, oi, oi. He's going to hit my eye with that thing. Oh, Stop man. it. I don't want to fucking do this. Oh, you're going to do it. Lot of doing. Oh, let me see if it's in my phone. Oh, it's, it erased itself. Oh, don't worry. I have a backup. <laughs> I have all the files. Uh, this is a little thing we like to call... Jeff's wearing the jester hat. Dear Vin. Oh, my. That's fantastic. Dear Vin, here's some fucking thoughts uh. from the maniac. Oh. Are we still recording the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear Vin. Turn to Jesus, Vinny. Don't let the demons possess you. Oh, one of those. That's it. That's it? That's, that's all. It. That's, re- that's really all needs to be said. Yeah, he's letting me know. I'm talking like we're just talking. Yeah, that's all right. I forgot we're recording. What's a show? microphone? <laughs> Don't let the demons possess you, Vin. Remember that. Dear Vin, real talk. I know you get a lot of messages. Real curious here. Have you been getting any numbers flashed at you? Do you see 1111 222 Question mark. Excuse me. I don't like that one. I don't either. I don't like that at all. Oh, I see those numbers and more. Jeez. 
dear Vin, thanks for blocking me on it. Thanks for blocking me on Instagram for no reason. Fucking clown. Wow. <laughs> you like that guy, don't you? Wow. <laughs> You like him? It sounds like you wrote it to yourself. It does. <laughs> That's what popped me. Dear Vin, I know you don't know me, fam, but this is important. Listen, saw something today that only you can handle with care. Uh-oh. Hear me out. Was on Facebook, not going to say where or whatever. Saw this, saw this is not a scam. A family member of Snoop. Yeah, the Snoop. I know you odds is run in that circle. Might even know him. Listen, let him know. Please be discreet and just trying to be straight up on it. She said she is his cousin. Didn't speak to her. It was posted on her page with a picture of him. If it's no big deal, then that's fine too. But I got younger siblings just trying to look out. He will figure out which one I am sure. Peace. I don't get any of that. I don't. I. I think he's talking about Sasha Banks. The only thing. Wow. What do you think of that? What do I think? I think you just blew me away. Yeah. I think you have a fucking weird hat on too, and it's fucking late, and it's making me go nuts. Jingle jangle. It is. All All I can tell is I think he wants you to get a message to Snoop. Oh, he does. No, the Snoop. I just don't know what the message is, but. Gavin knows. I do. That's been another installment of Dear Vin. Here's some fucking thoughts from Now I will uh, send this over to Pablo, who I believe may not have a, a, a cheapo tip, or maybe he does. If you think Dear Vin was dark, oh, welcome to Pablo's Jesus. Cheapo Tip of the Week. Pablo's Cheapo Tip All of right. the Week. This one is one of those ones, as, as Vinny says, I do in my everyday life. Don't think nothing of it. Been doing it forever. Before you continue, do I know this? No. All right. No one knows it. Oh. This is coming out. This is a fresh one. All right. Ah. And right. Jeff will appreciate this one. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I was going to sneak out for a smoke. but You're in your kitchen, now. right? And you're washing your dishes. And you use. Dish soap for that, right? Oh, God. This is going to go in a fucking right, Jeff? dark place. You wash your dishes with dish soap? I pit them in the dishwasher, but yeah. Sometimes you got... I see some stuff in your I sink do. right yeah, now, no, right? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Well... He's being difficult. The thing is, is that yeah. you, you use the dish soap, but you don't use the dish soap. So Please what elaborate. I, so what I do is... <laughs> <laughs> He's popping himself. When he pops himself, it's about to get fucking dark. <laughs> so, I don't know if I want to hear this. It, well, no matter what you do, you run the water, and then whatever you're, you're washing, you get the dish soap, and you just put the, the container over the faucet, and whatever's on the top oh my goes God. in, and that's all the soap that you use for that. <laughs> You don't squeeze any soap out. It's whatever's on the top gimmick, and it, it will all it, it's all concentrate. So it makes. I'm super gonna soap. keep it a milli. I don't think I understand what he's saying. To to to, to say the, excuse me. Thing. Sorry, we're bumping okay. the mic. That's yeah. dish soap. You're cleaning. This is the the, the dish soap. No, yeah, yeah, soap. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, the gets gunk. Gunk. He's saying run the run gunk. that and let that onto. Never you never squeeze soap out of it. 
ever. You don't use any actual soap. No. You use the gunk. Yes. It makes bubbles, so that means there's soap in there when I do it every day. Fuck. Everything gets clean. I don't think this is cheap. I think it's, it's just stupid. It's, it's <laughs> I think it's not, disturbed. It's not cheap. It's deranged. Is, is, you know you, how long I keep it this show for? Or no. Oh, my God. I'm with you. It's it, To me, personally, it's this is beyond cheap. It's definitely not a money saving no, thing. No, it's sick. It's a fucking sickness. It's sickness. It's part of the sickness. If it makes soap though, it's the everything. It does the, the, not make enough soap to. to uh, what's enough soap? If their bubbles are made, that soap is there. That's enough soap. What's enough soap? So go write that down. Fuck. What's enough soap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jokeman. Jim said weird. We're gonna go on the jetty. What's enough soap? Sigo, um, write that down. <laughs> write that again. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to answer that question without it being a monster. Ao, but everything needs to be lathered properly. Ao. No way you're getting a lather out of that. I. I, um, I can get a fucking thing of dish soap for like six months. <laughs> Why do you want to do that? It costs because that's like all you need. Cents. It really. Costs. Why you want to OD on soap? It's like a clean thing. It's like one clam, man. It's like a. But there's too much soap to be using. Then it's too soapy. It's like soapy <laughs> sales. Fucking rinse it out, soapy man. Sa- all right, I like that. I like that. Soapy sales. You rinse it out. You can sometimes it's over soaped where the rinsing doesn't. You, you can't gotta, over dry. You got to fucking super you can't spray over it. Die. Uh, this is this is one that um, like it. You like it, Jeff? No, no, I'm not a fan of this one. I I, I like I it. use excessive soap. Yeah, I use too. excessive soap in every form. I'm uh, like this gimmick. Yep. Yeah, get out of my Shamp- get out of my kitchen with that. Shampoo. I'll use one full bottle to do like one thing of dishes. Shampoo. Soap in the shower. I'll, I'll soap on my paws. Everywhere. Soap is everywhere. <laughs> Like in Mr. Mom, when he pits too much in the gimmick, yeah. that's how my house is, but all the time. A plethora of soap. A veritable plethora of soap. A cornucopia. A mirror. Pablo, I'd like to tell you that bubble. I love this one. Not that it's your most <laughs> funny, but it it's will absolutely funny. let people... It's They're starting at 32 episodes <laughs> to really right. see how dark the mind is. Yeah, I mean, everyone's... Sh- Thinks they think they know what it is, like a life hacker. Right. Like, yo, no, no, like no, no, I, no, I, I'm getting that. a lot of like, yo, if you call this number and say you don't get the delivery, they give it to you for free, and I'm no, like, you don't understand. That, right. You're yeah. not, yo, I will, I, will, I'm speaking for my my longtime friend right now. He ain't that kind of cheap. Right. That's a different brand. That's of, a whole different. This scam. is like he's using, he's trying to outwit, outsmart, out hustle the man, doing all those gimmicks. That's like. That's like a that's like thievery. And that's shit. a hustle. Right. It's a hustle. He's not a hustler. He's not a hustler that way. He's trying to outwit and outsmart. We have a question. Okay, Sean and myself. Okay, if you're never squeezing the bottle, where's the gunk coming from? Someone there's other people. Yeah, there's other people in my house doing dish work. Uh, His mom does some dishes sometimes. Uh, yeah, she oversoaps like a mofo. She's over. She's over soaping because it's Pablo's yeah. money and he's getting killed. Yeah. Cheapo. All right. Well. With that said, I'm going to keep it with um, social. Pa- I mean, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have him go to the mailbag. Do we have any questions this week? We uh, have several. 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, so deep. Bag. We'll dig in deep. All right. I'll switch things around. Okay, this is for the crew. Oh, uh, man. I really need Jeff here for, for a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get to any of them? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll just have to be not a... Uh... This is for the crew. It's from Chuck Taylor. Dear BSB. Is that the guy that made the sneakers? In 1992, I picked up a copy of Sheer Terror's Ugly and Proud based on the fact that a lot of the bands I was into thanked them on the inside of their album covers. At the time, I was 13, and all these years later, they're still in my top five bands that influenced my way of thinking. I like this kid already, but... For better or worse, LOL. LOL. <laughs> I recently watched... LOL. You can't say it. I recently watched Beaten by the Fists of God and got choked up what Paul did right before they went into three-year bitch. My question to you guys is, what's the connection between you and Sheer Terror? I've seen many pics of yous wearing Sheer Terror shirts, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they sing the intro to the show. Maybe I missed it, but I don't remember if you guys said what the connection is to the band that I think is severely underrated. Love the show. Much love and respect. I mean, my connection is they're the greatest fucking man that ever walked the earth. No, but how do we get down with them? So Gavin has known Paulie for a very long time. Uh, I've known Paulie for a fairly long time through mutual friends. Uh, through some of the DMS brothers, um, this kid is on point with his his message. You you found a great band to find at thirteen. Um, that's around the time I found them, but I'm probably my, way older than you. Um, uh, I don't remember that part of Paulie saying something that would touch you because Paulie's usually yelling at people yeah. in between songs. Or making wisecracks. And making wisecracks, which are brilliant. The way they put those gimmicks of some people on um, on YouTube, like Cronus uh, from Venom. The banter. And the, the banter. There should be a Paul Bearer. Absolutely. Banter. Um, it is. There's a record. No, I know that's all. It's yes, all it was. It was only brands. 300 pressed of that record, I think. Oh, I have one. No, but what I was saying is like... Paul's so brilliant that someone did that. Right. And they knew because it was brilliant. I mean, there's there would be genius in a YouTube version of it, too, of ones that weren't released. You know what I mean? Yes. But uh, by the way, I need that record. And this kid, <laughs> this kid basically um, said that he fell in love with Shia, Rec Shia Terra's a young kid, 13 years old. He bought the record. They're in his top five bands of all times. But um, he noticed we have sort of a kinship with him. You and I are very close with Jason. Carter, the bass player, and you know Paulie a long time, so he was just kind of asking what's up with that. So, short. Uh, Had you been here for the fucking mailbag, you would have known the question. I don't have to do anything. Here we go. Um, when I was little boy, <laughs> pretty young, I got a copy of. Just can't hate enough. That's the first thing that I had of them, and then shortly after that, I got the comp. Um, where the wild things are. And they were exactly what I wanted at that time. Um, I was starting to feel like a lot of hardcore stuff wasn't my thing anymore because it was overrun with sort of that positive... Um, Jockey shit. Yeah, and that was not what and I you was you I can't know. stand living, I can't stand you, and I just can't hate it. No. Yeah, and, <clears throat> they, and Paul always wrote from a different perspective he's he's a brilliant fucking writer Absolutely. best writer brilliant. ever in hardcore I brilliant mean. lyricist and and was writing from a uh, a more personal 
uh, perspective as opposed to without softening up the delivery of yep. it, which is the brilliance yep. of it to me. Yeah, I mean, he's really writing love songs. Yep. Right. And and it was so different and so um in a weird way sort of revolutionary in that it, he wasn't talking about you know the scene and the this and the you stab me in the back and all that <laughs> fucking horse shit. He was he was really coming from a personal place that uh, punk rock music was sort of lacking at the time. Um and conti- and he continues to do that from that perspective today. That's and, what and that's I what, what I identify and with. And I think what's is. awesome about that is he gets older and like the stuff he writes about while it's very similar still matures and we get older. So anytime they do anything, it's still you're hitting home. You know what I mean? That it's last record's like, brilliant. I, I, you know what? Uh, like after just can't hate enough, I think that's the best work they've ever. Done. I'm not mad at that. So what up, Paulie? What up, Jay? Uh-oh. And um, they didn't sing the song of our intro. They very graciously let's use the the breakdown. The breakdown. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jason from Sheer Terror is singing that along with us. So we know. all sang it. Scott flipped it. And that's yeah. what you're hearing. And they, they let us use yeah. that. Cool, cool. Next question is for Sicko oh, from Justin215. Sicko. Sicko. It have to be Jesus. Because they're good never thing. good. It might be. They they always what if it's good? Balls. I hope it is. What's a, what do you, do you think is going to be good to... or bad, Vin? Is it the Justin that I yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meds on meds. I can't call Jeff? it. Jeff? Why do they have to ask me things? <laughs> what if I... What if... Sad sicko answers at first, and, All then, right. and then the real sicko. <laughs> Which Justin is it? Our Justin, the one I don't like. No, okay. <laughs> Jesus. I know it's, already. It's late. I can't keep <laughs> yeah. the filter uh, on. Anyway, <laughs> sicko hates fucking everything. Yeah. Not shooting on it due Wait, to how. This m- is the question. Yeah. All right, go. Not shooting on it due to how much I actually appreciate his recommendations. Oh, thank you. So, with that said. Whose entire music catalog slash discography that has released more than four albums does he co-sign for being near perfect? Wow. The Smiths. <laughs> I love them. What'd you say? The Smiths. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love them. Yeah. The Smiths. The Cure. The Cure. Love them, the too. The Tool? Tool? Nah, I only know two records. Mm. I mean, He yeah, sounds they're, they're like Mickey flawless. Dolan's from the Monkees. Stop it. He does. He Stop. does. That's why I like him. He Stop. he really does. And it wasn't until he said that like five years ago that I realized it. He's been saying it for 15 years. I I'm know, but I, know, I only it. heard him say it like five years it's ago. It's true. Not it is either. true. Wow, that's actually a good question. Daydream believer. I'm Homecoming queen. <laughs> Guys, it's a pole to use. Any more, Sicko? Sunday. Fuck, off the top of my head, and other than like the Smiths, the Cure, the Beatles, Nah, see their their last couple of records. He I, said four or more. The Beatles. Of their catalog being four or more. Liking four. The no. Beatles. The Beatles. Their Fuck catalog it. being near perfect. What? Of of someone who's had four or more releases. They are pretty close. Nah. I can't say that because that last album. The Arena Rock. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never let me forget that one. He, he shouldn't. And shout out to Justin because I got him doing some promotion for us. So nice. He, what he's, up, he's Justin? He's the man. Justin, thank you for the nice question. 
Next question for the OG. Kevin Brown. Kevin. Um, He asked a question uh, last month about the Tebow. So he said, thanks for the input on Tebow. Dig the show. Question for the group. A friend got ink. Artist charged extra because she used her own. She brought her own gimmick in. Is it standard practice or did she get or did she get worked? I don't know what you mean. Like instead of getting flash art, she was like, I want you to do my gimmick. How do you know she got charged extra? I don't know. I need more information, Kevin Brown. How do you know? What if he says, Kevin Brown? Let's just say, for instance, uh, Pablo said it. What if, for instance, Do says the artist was like, "Oh, you want this? It's fifty, seventy bucks more if you email it to me." What if? What if that's the scenario? For shits and giggles. (laughs) (laughs) Soup the nuts. Um, I don't. uh, I don't see how that could be. What if you're at a gimmick joint? Though? You bring in a you bring in a thing. How does he know that? Uh, how does he know what's more than right. right? Like, why isn't the price just the price? Right. If there's a flower on the wall that's that's two hundred dollars, and she brought in a thing that's three hundred dollars, how does he know that 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 she got charged extra? Yeah. You have to price something by what you're looking at. I see. So I would say no. It'd be, it, she probably brought in something. I'm and tattoo. it got priced. Yeah, she yeah. said, "I want this tattooed," and they said, "Okay, this is blah blah blah." There, there's no, there's no guide that that anybody can go by. You Thank can't you. compare something that's on the wall to something that you bring in. There's no Kelly Blue Book for tattoos, man. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Kevin Brown. Thank you, Kevin Brown. Last question. Kevin Brown is Someone down. we all know and love. Oh, no. Oh, it's going to only be one of three people. There it goes. Three. And it's, and it's Cody Mack. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to even say. On Maybe you guys can clear this up for me. Here we go. I was wondering, did Correct move to Vegas so he could stalk one of the guys in the show, Thunder from Down Under? <laughs> I don't even know what that, <laughs> is. Know what that is either. Oh, it's a deal, man. I... It wasn't really for boxing. I heard that's just his front. (laughs) (laughs) Has Correct responded to anything? No, 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 no. Come on, man. He's too busy, he says. Hey, come on now. He ain't busy Cody's doing shit. <laughs> Cody's taking shots, man. He is, man. Shots look, fired. I, I might look. Step it up, Correct. You can't let him get away with that. Cody, we'll have to see if... If correct one responds, because we can't answer That's right. That. The fucking Teen Wolf, man. You can't be beaten by a Teen Wolf. P.S. Yes, he moved there for Thunder Down Under. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew what that was. Um, that's the mailbag, but before we end it, I just want to... Um, it's starting to get a little Dear Vinish in the mailbag, so ah. let me just sell, tell people what the fucking mailbag is. The mailbag is where you ask questions, and we answer them on the air. So I'm starting to get the Dear Vins where people are like, how come you're not responding to my email? Yeah, yeah. I'm man. not responding to your email. You ask the question and we talk it on the podcast or it just goes in the, into the vaporware. Exactly. To the what? Into vapor. Into vapor. All right. Vaporware. Did you hear me? I'm laying down the law. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the mailbag. Don't back show. into my car and don't write dumb emails. Motherfuckers. Wow, man. Like that. That's high Pablo. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. We're going to write that down. Let's go write that down. Well, now it's that time. The recommendation? But yeah, before we say goodbye, we always recommend something that we're up on. It could be music, film, 
Uh, Pablo's are becoming more maniacal <laughs> as the show goes on. Raisins? Maniacal, heat seeker. Have you so, ever tried raisins? So, uh, Sicko, are you prepared? I am indeed. Um, mine's another old one. It's about 10 years old that I had completely forgotten about until I saw they were carrying it on Netflix. Um, it's a cartoon called The Boondocks. It's one of my favorite shows. It's brilliant, brilliant satire. Um, if you don't know the premise, it's real simple. Uh, two young black kids move out of their very bad neighborhood in with their grandfather, who late in his life came into a lot of money and lives in a very big house in a very white suburb. And it's all, it's fish out of water. It's the one brother is real conscious. He, he real woke. Mm -hmm. And then stay woke. He stay woke. And then the younger brothers like just wants to be a thug, wants to grow up to be a rapper. And it's very satirical. Um, Aaron McGruder is a fucking genius. He also did Black Jesus, which is another great show. Gavin Marks of Black Jesus. Fucking that, all that day, might be my mom. fucking recommendation for next show. Fucking love it. But it started with me with the Boondocks. Um, the first three seasons are the only ones that can co-sign. I know they brought it back without Magruder for a fourth season, but I have never seen any of that. So it's on Netflix. You can get the DVDs. You can pretty much find it anywhere. Uh, Adult Swim plays it every so often. Never heard a bad word about it. Oh, I never the, saw an episode. It's the best. You really should watch it. It's good. I'm the uh, the guy who has all these things that people are telling me yeah. I got to watch. You should watch uh, Night Of. Pretty good. <laughs> that was good. You motherfucker, you started talking, so you better have something. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Hi, Pablo. you should watch the night of. Dival, do you have a... Dival's not out today. Dival. Yeah. you don't have a recommendation? The uh, I have is don't a... Don't you uh, recommend hell? <laughs> I recommend flames. This album is a Boston hardcore band called Eye for an Eye. Oh. Alan's called 100% Unnatural Came out in 97 That's their discography I think right Yeah it's yeah It's got fucking did. everything uh, Yeah the 7 inch I everything. fucking listen to shit all the time Back for back And then you know Maybe one day we'll tell a story Of when <laughs> I for I crashed with us After we played a show with them And I lost my virginity Jesus to fucking Christ. Yeah, eye for an eye? They, Not to eye for an eye. eye, for an eye got, took your virginity? He got trains run on him by eye for an eye. <laughs> I didn't realize Lloyd went that way. <laughs> he got trains run on him by eye <laughs> What do you think eye for an eye means? It's like a brown eye for brown an eye. For a brown eye? <laughs> Jesus, man. I think we should shut the show down right there. Holy. I'm going to beat that. That's true. OJ, oh, Christ! Can sake. you can you can you get your hat? Can you pick your skull up off the floor? <laughs> Pablo's about to have. Dying. I'm just playing, doing play by play. Pablo's about to have a heart attack. I'm back. He popped himself so much he on did. that one. Yeah. He popped himself when you were gone earlier too, and, and that popped me and sick. Yeah. One of the many times you weren't here when we were recording. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't like. I don't like when you make fun of me. Yeah, I know how sicko feels. I don't like this. I've been getting hit with shrapnel like crazy, man. These damn vins are getting rough. I think sicko picks out the extra evil. Oh, that. I do. Yeah. Absolutely, I do. OG, any recommendations for the people this week? New four-song record by my boys in Anti Scene. Um, 
They have been a band since 1983 out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Goon shit. Yeah, man. Like, uh, picture Charlotte in 1983 being a f- one of one punk rock band. I mean, there was more, but yeah, you know what I mean. And these, th- they have done this for 30. Three years at this point and are still going new four song record this is the first big release that they've done since one of the founding members joe died a couple years ago they did a seven inch um before that with two two new songs but this is probably the most solid lineup they've had in many years at this point um clayton and joe were the main guys from day one and joe passed away two uh two years ago so this is really the first major thing they've released since Joe passed away. And um, it is definitely like back to roots kind of 1983 hard American hardcore stuff. By the book, um, you know, it, it was, from what I understand, it was recorded in my boy Eddie's um, studio that he has in his house. So this is like going back to roots kind of for nasty fucking American hardcore punk rock songs. Nice. And I marked for it all day and kind of didn't know what to expect with it. I knew it was going to be good. I've seen this lineup play live a couple times, but I knew it would be okay, but I didn't expect it to be on the level that it's on. Nice. So that's my recommendation. Nice. Mine is a book called Satanic Panic. Pop cultural paranoia in the 1980s. This book's fucking oh. great, man. Um, Is that Ricky Casso? I yeah, see. Ricky Casso goes oh. into that. Ricky Casso murdered uh, somebody in in Long Island. Uh, it's it's basically about all the fear and the paranoia that heavy metal, um, horror films of the 80s. Uh, you know, people thought that that through the films. And 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 uh, records that were coming out that this devil worship was trickling down in, into uh, you know middle America and into into suburban America, um, you know t- tons of tons of pictures. Uh, the Ricky uh, Caso story is in here, which is great. Um, even down to like Dungeons and Dragons and uh, you know director video horror films and and pulp movies and of course even saturday morning cartoons and shit um like i said i'm flipping through it now just tons and tons of pictures tons of stories um it's great if if, you know if you're a kid that came up in the 80s and remember all that and the tip of gore shit and all of that it's really dope uh i think it's new satanic panic pop cultural paranoia in the 1980s and that has been episode 32 of the Broad Street Breakdown. We will see y'all next Tuesday for a brand new show. Until then, check us at broadstreetbreakdown.com. And that's it. Peace. Peace. Peace.